Yes, this episode of All Gen Gamers is brought to you by Retro Magazine. Check out readretro.com, enter the promo code ALLGENPRINT, get a great savings on both the print and digital copy of the magazines. There's six issues every year. So check out readretro.com. Welcome to the All Gen Gamers Podcast featuring Pete Dore, Gamester81, Jason Heine, Metal Jesus Rocks, and Sexy Ben. Everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How's everyone doing? I'm wonderful. Awesome. I'm getting back into the rhythm of things after the holidays. Yeah, because we're pretty much just relaxing the whole time, right? No. <laughs> Negative. For, <I'm>, Negative. No. <laughs> for, for, for me, it's not really a vacation. It's just kind of transferring my duties into something else. So right. I haven't really had a break, but it's nice to be back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think I gained like 15 pounds over the holidays, honestly. What are the I feel stats like my gut, like my pants size went up like. Dude, it's crazy. We should probably uh, Pete and, and Jason Mel Jesus won't be joining us this evening, but they'll be on next time. So it's the three of us. Threesome. It's a three way. How about it? Three way. Just the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know, Jason, you need to like uh mix it so you know auto tune that shit. Absolutely. I should. I should make a song out of it. <laughs> yeah. I'll be big I'll be big in Japan. So what all did you guys do for the holidays? What did you guys all do for Christmas and New Year's? Jason? Well, what I did is Christmas was great. It was actually it was a nice day. It was relaxing. Uh, I hung out here with Stephanie. We had a great time. We put like so many lights on our tree, like more lights than I can count. We, we went and even bought more lights to put on it. It's just awesome to sit in the dark and have the tree like sun tanning you. It's awesome. So we did that. It was really, really cool. A uh, real tree or fake tree? Uh, fake tree. Because okay. I, I put it in the garage and we pull it out for next year. It looks perfect right. every time. And then, see, we're, I guess it's kind of ghetto, but I don't mind it. Well, we light the, the pine-scented candle. Okay. Now, I, I know because, you know, I grew up in Oregon. We would cut our trees every year. I, I know. John, you're, you're probably in the same boat. You, you oh, know. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and Ben, of course, you, I mean, you probably have Christmas trees in your backyard. No, no, no. I bought mine at, I bought mine at Walmart. <laughs> okay. It's a very unca- it's a very un-Canadian thing to do, but frankly, I don't. I hear I daggers hear- flying through the air right now. <laughs> I know I'm about to be kicked out of the country. Christmas now, we, tree um, axes. Yeah, no. With us, it's um, Christmas trees are really expensive up here, so I typically just go for. Uh, we actually bought a really small tree because we don't have a big apartment. We call it our festive Christmas bush. <laughs> <laughs> literally it's like a twig <laughs> we have it on the table like with all the decorations on it then we have like a pile of presents around it it's actually quite comical it's like the charlie brown christmas tree i picture canada like christmas in canada i picture it like a big ass oak tree and if they want like maple syrup they just tap it same kind of thing you know and they get the pancakes or you know canadian bacon and and syrup is that the case <laughs> yeah, that, that exactly the pancake the pancakes grow on trees there's the poutine yeah. bushes around it yeah poutine that's bushes, it yeah that's how it is. But but sadly, I'm a nonconformist and I got lazy and I figured, you know what, whatever I need to get Christmas wise, just get it at Walmart. Get my get my get my bush at Walmart. <laughs> just a tap on the side of the tree. Just maple syrup coming out. So tap in the bush. So basically what you said, tap in the bush. Oh, dear. Tap in the bush. Tap, tap in the bush. Get in the syrup. Is that the, and that's the first one of the year, I think. The first pun. Okay. I got they got the new book. This year, you know that I got the new book, got the new puns, bro. Nice man, I'll have to pick that up. Amazon that shit. Amazon that shit. That's the right. pun slinger, the pun slinger, volume two. Yes, yeah. exactly. So <laughs> okay. yeah, my Christmas was good. Um, other than that, New Year's was actually a lot better because we went out, and you know this is great. You know, 
who can say they brought in the new year playing arcade games, eating pizza and nachos and nacho cheese and just having a great time. Stephanie and I went to a place called Golfland. Uh, Sunsplash and John at, at being a local here you know exactly where that is we've been there so, oh, yeah. so many times but uh, they had a little uh, celebration there it was like 10 bucks or 6 bucks a person to get in and we went out and we just played uh, H2 Overdrive and Pac-Man Donkey Kong and mm. a bunch of arcade games and it was so much fun oh and they're unlimited she yelled at me back there they're unlimited so oh, nice wow nice yeah sweet hell of a good deal so we had the entire floor there and you know what it wasn't even that busy in there like all the employees they were running around like wow it's so dead in here i can't believe it the year prior i guess it was like standing room only like it was a huge uh, line out the back but this year man it was it was not that busy we could get any game we played mario kart there they've got the new mario kart uh i think it's called dx Mm. there which is really really is it good the one with pac-man yep isn't it too totally or yep. isn't pac-man isn't pac-man uh a driver in that or not he is yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah it's that namco uh collaboration yeah. dude they have a new batman oh, yeah. batman's pretty sweet too yeah that one's uh unfortunately not at Golfland yet but i haven't okay. played that it's that's a bomb yeah so that's Rock really thrills. what happened for my uh my new year's what about you ben um, well, for the holidays, I get, the way my year kind of works out, I'm usually very busy throughout the year. So there's a lot of friends and family that I don't see. And then I just blitz it throughout the holidays. So we're talking a lot of friends, a lot of family, a lot of meals. I mean, like you, John, I think I gained like 15 mm-hmm. to 20 pounds over the holidays alone. And I'm pretty yeah. sure I ate my body. I'm pretty sure I ate my body weight in chocolate. I'm willing to bet. <laughs> I should have done. I should have gotten on a scale and did like a before and after. But yeah, no, it was just very relaxing for me. The best gift this year was getting some downtime from work, which for me is a rarity nowadays. Yeah, amen to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. I like that both holidays fell on a Thursday, which was nice because I got Thursday Friday off as well. So, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. In our case, because we have Christmas Day, then we have Boxing Day, which is kind of like our Black Friday. I got like a nice long weekend, then I took a couple days off work just to relax. I mean, got to do the whole friends and family thing. But for me, the best kind of day is where I could just sleep until noon and, you know, putz yeah. around playing some of the new games that I got for Christmas. And, you know, just kind of recharging my batteries, because for me, there's no such thing as a slow season. So it was nice to kind of get some relaxation before uh, the new year kicks into high gear. Sure. What, uh, what games? Speaking of games, which would you get? For the Ooh, I got quite a few actually. I got um, Thief on the Xbox One. Um, I'll, I haven't played that yet, but um, what else did I get? I got Tomb Raider uh, Definitive Edition, Alien Isolation, mm. um, Shadows of Mordor. I got the Evil Within. I bought previously to that, and there's a couple others. I got a ColecoVision flashback. Oh, nice! Man. Oh, nice. What do you think? Cool. What do you think of that? You know what? They tried to replicate the original ColecoVision. If anyone listening has ever played a ColecoVision, you know the controller is legendary for being stiff and unresponsive. And it feels really cheap and plasticky, but it's very responsive. I mean, I'm happy with it. The selection of... Go ahead. I'm sorry, Ben. Go ahead. So, yeah, the, the selection of games, because, you know, they had licensing issues with Nintendo. So you're not going to get the Donkey Kong and the Star Trek and some of the games that I grew up with. But they did have Choplifter and they had Zaxxon, which for me is more than enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite ColecoVision games of all time. And then there's a bunch of ones on there I've never played. So I'm going to have a good time kind of going through the old ColecoVision library. And I think actually, I think, John, in your review, you mentioned maybe like six or eight of them are homebrews. Yeah, there's actually a handful of homebrew games on there, which is kind of impressive. And and some of the homebrews, like uh, I'm trying to think of one, I think Princess Quest is one, uh, actually requires a special module for the original mm-hmm. c- uh, console to be able to play because it takes a little more memory to to hold so 
the flashback mm-hmm. has a little bit more c- capacity more or less than the original console um they honestly didn't do a very good job with the flashback i was a little disappointed in it just because i'm a purist and i like the ColecoVision. it's a great yeah. console but the controller uh you mentioned the controller for the ColecoVision is shit we all know that but the, for the flashback it's even worse like it's <laughs> small no honestly it's smaller the buttons like the numbers they're like rubbery the original ones weren't like that and they're just not very responsive and interesting enough if you plug in a flashback ColecoVision controller into the actual system and vice versa they're not compatible the mapping's all off so like up is up is left button down is right it's like all messed up uh, which yeah. I have no idea why they would have did that, but I mean, it's just a cool thing to have. I actually went to Dollar General, I think it was. Yeah, have an exclusive edition of it. They have an extra game, which is like Arctic Adventure, and they have Black Friday. They had it for twenty bucks. It's so a I nice think, deal. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. Even for even for forty bucks, you can't go wrong. You get sixty games normally, so yeah. I definitely recommend it. I mean, if you want to like get your foot into the ColecoVision, this is a good start. It's not a terrible console. Um, the Intellivision flashback is so much better though. Uh, as far as the controllers are almost identical to the original controllers, and even the Atari flashback is a lot better system. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. I hope I hope they I hope they come out with a ColecoVision flashback too, and I hope they fix a lot of the mistakes that they made. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, I mean, the build quality is not quite what it should be. But keep in mind, this is a glorified plug and play. It's not really, uh, you know, meant to replicate the original console. Right. It's, exactly. Yeah. It's it's more just a plug and play, and it's it's a great kind of entry level, as you said, for people who've never played a ColecoVision. But it's not going to play cartridges. Uh, the controller, actually, I don't mind the controller so much. It doesn't. It's not stiff and unresponsive, but it just feels very cheap and very plasticky. I feel like with the flashbacks, if if it depends on your mindset. So if you go into the mindset thinking that this is like a replica console, I think you're going to be a little disappointed. If right. you, if you if you have the mindset of this is a plug and play, then you're really happy about it because yeah. I think it's a, a really nice plug and play. For yeah, sure. which, yeah. which I'm happy with. And I mean, the ColecoVision was my very first console. I got it back in 83 uh, and nice. I've loved it. I've loved it ever since. And I, I think for me, you know, I had the Atari 2600 back in the day as well. And I've always found the ColecoVision to be the better console. It had better graphics, had a really good library of games. And typically, if there was a cross platform version, say for the original Donkey Kong, it was so much better on the ColecoVision. Mm-hmm. So I'm very in, pleased with getting it. In the three years that the ColecoVision was supported, there were more games released for it than the Intellivision in the like 10 years that system was supported. So they came out with a lot of games in a little bit of time and a lot of them are arcade ports, which is why I love the system so much because I'm a big arcade guy and there's some really, really good ports to the ColecoVision. Yeah. And a lot of people, they don't remember the ColecoVision because it was kind of a blip on the radar because it was only around from, I think, 82 to 85. I could be mixed up. I could be mixed up in the dates, but it had a very short shelf life. And after the video game crash, you know, the Atari 2600, they came out with a slimline model. They never did the same thing with the ColecoVision. It just kind of got abandoned. So it's kind of a retro curiosity for some people. And I think if anyone is looking to get the ColecoVision flashback, I mean, 50 bucks is a good price for it. Yeah. For 60 games. It's actually up here in Canada. It's becoming a little bit hard to find. So it's about 100. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't buy it at that price, but mm-hmm. I think for fifty dollars, I mean for sixty ColecoVision games, yeah, you can get it on an emulator, but I don't know, there's just something, at least for me, very nostalgic about holding what is a facsimile of the original controller and just being able to play the games on my TV. I mean, playing Zaxxon, I don't know if you ever played Zaxxon before, but that game is boss mm. on the ColecoVision. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it it just thing though too, because the ColecoVision came out with the Atari Twenty Six Hundred expansion module, you know? So it'd be like today if the PS4 or the Xbox One had an attachment to play Wii U games. You know, yeah. it's, 
it would never happen today. But back then they got away with it. <laughs> well, there was pretty much no I don't know who enforced the licensing or who enforced the copyright. Yeah. But and the thing is, they marketed it commercially. This wasn't some gray market peripheral that you could buy under the counter. It was marketed by Coleco. And they had another expansion which turned it into a home computer. I think it was called I could be wrong here. The Atom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know why it was called the Atom? Well, trivia for you. Oh, yeah, this you is know good. Do you know why they call it the Atom? I think I mentioned before on the podcast, but Ben, I don't know if you were on. But the reason it's called the Atom is because their biggest competitor at the time was Apple. Mm. And Adam took a bite of the Apple. So, Oh. Yeah. And then they, could funny, Eve, they could have called it Eve. You know, I don't know why they didn't call it Eve. But. <laughs> I, was about, I was about to say, there's some kind of dirty joke here where they could have had an Eve expansion, which is like a fleshlight. Oh, my goodness. It'd be like a cartridge slide. It'd be like a slot. He puts... Stuff in, you know? <laughs> yeah. What what you put in there will leave to your imagination. But yeah, they should, see, yeah. missed opportunity right there. Yeah, and uh, the atom actually flopped, and it, it actually ended up killing Coleco as a company. Uh, unfortunately, it just it was really expensive. I think at the time it retailed for seven hundred bucks, which God, back in the eighties, you can imagine seven hundred bucks now is a lot of money. Imagine thirty two years ago, how much money that is. You know, it would have been like thousands, probably. Oh, yeah. two three thousand dollars, easy. Yeah. yeah. And you and you could have got a home computer for less than that, a decent one. So I think the Atom was again, it was a novelty, and I think it would have been a good entry level computer for those who didn't have like a home computer at the time. But yeah, it was just the peripheral was expensive, and you had to get a dot matrix printer that went along with it, and that was pricey as well. And you know, power switch actually is on the printer, which makes no sense at all. So if you want to actually power the system, you need the printer. So a lot of times people will sell the Atom on eBay, but if it doesn't have the printer, you can't use it. It's it's obsolete. Oh, it's, the yeah. stupidest design. it's the stupidest design ever. Who would have thought to put a power switch on the on the freaking printer, not the console itself? It, it makes zero sense. And if you if you turn on the system with a cassette tape in it, then it's going to erase your cassette tape. You have to turn the you have to turn on, then put the cassette tape in. Yeah, they didn't really think these things out, did they? <laughs> no, they didn't. And that was just why, again, why it was like I love Clico, but man, they really they really dropped the ball on a lot of things. It ended up killing them, actually. You know, so. It's too bad. It's kind of sad, cool. you know. I'm glad to hear you got a flashback, um, Ben. That's cool. Yeah, and I'm going to get the Atari one and the Intellivision one. I don't really have a connection to the Intellivision because I never owned one, but I do like the idea of... I think the Atari has a good library as well. That's the only thing I would caution people against if you are thinking of getting a flashback. Just check the games first because there's a lot of the A-list titles that you're not going to find on there. It's not to say the ones on there are not worth playing, but you're right. not going to get the, the top-shelf titles just because of licensing. I know Nintendo owns Donkey Kong, so there's no way they would have included that on the flashback. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so that's a little bit of what I got. But overall, I mean, my holidays were good. New Year's was very low key. Just went out for some uh, Asian hot pot, which it's not what you're thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was what I was thinking. Yeah, no kidding. What is that? Hot pot. (laughs) Well, have you ever been to, um, I don't know what it's like in the States, but up here in Canada, they have uh, like a Korean barbecue restaurant where you have the grill in the middle of your table. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They oh, just oh, grilled yeah. the meat. Yeah. Well, hot pot's a similar thing where you have a burner in the middle of your table and you get a big pot of broth and then you get all sorts of meat and vegetables and f- seafood and whatever you like and you cook it in the pot and you make it just the soup. It's really nice. It sounds like teppanyaki, like the Japanese where the chef's in the middle of the table there and he, he like cracks the egg and he makes the volcano, the onions and stuff. It's Is like that right? Benihana. Is that kind of what they here. do? It yeah. sounds like, for what you're t- yeah, like Benihana, yeah. Yeah, except this one you do yourself. Like, it's all you can eat, too. So you just keep ordering whatever oh. you want. Like, if you want beef, you want chicken, you want fish, you want vegetables. Then you just cook it in the broth and you eat it. And then the broth gets super flavorful. It's oh. it's an Asian, it's a huge thing up here. I mean, I don't know. I said, when I said Asian hot pot, I'm like, I better qualify what this actually is. <laughs> yeah. Do they have the Mongolian, do you have Mongolian grills up there? We do, yes. 
Yeah, those are good, too. Those are good. I mean, I love Asian food. And I mean, we go out for it quite often, like all the all you can eat sushi and the Korean barbecue and all that stuff. And there's a really good place near our house that does uh, the Asian hot pot. And it's always a huge event. Like you get a big table with a bunch of people around it and you just you pig out. It's glorious. Mm, sounds good. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we I kept it kind of low key this year. Oh, I didn't right get that's I cool. didn't get too I didn't get too hammered, which for me is a very unusual thing. So, <laughs> so celebrated sober, if you will. Right on. What about you, John? I know you had a big Christmas and New Year's with the boys I, and all that. I did. I did. Yeah, they're getting older. Hope, hopefully you guys can hear me. My connection is kind of shitty. I'm I'm in Omaha right now, and it's like 17 degrees high today. So I'm kind of freezing my ass off. And anyway, hopefully my connection will hold off. So the, the, sounds the like I'm probably speaking from the moon. The Wi-Fi in your igloo is not that good. Right. No, exactly. I'm talking through a Dixie cup right now. So <laughs> and a string uh, and a string. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, the, the holidays went good. You know, the boys are 15 months old now, so they don't really quite understand the concept of Santa Claus or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, so their favorite thing was wrapping paper and boxes. You know, they love climbing on the boxes and, and all that. But we got them like a train set and put that together. And of course. They come down and they just destroy the shit out of it, you know. Um, of course. But yeah, no, it just you know basically lay low. Uh, you know, same with New Year's. I uh, went to dinner and lay low. Obviously, with with kids now, you can't really stay out too crazy late. But what was cool is my. It's very unique. My cul-de-sac I'm in, like all of our neighbors and I are really good friends. So we just have a shindig and just drink and like we're all right there. So that's really cool. So um, I don't really know anywhere else like that where you can like your people are so close to your neighbors. There's like 10 of us, 10 houses that are like really super close. So um, that's pretty fun. But yeah, we just kind of hung out um, as far as games. Uh, I got a bunch of games on Steam sale. Dude, I was on the Steam sale like almost every day checking out the sales. Uh, Jason, did you pick up anything on Steam? Dude, they good Oh, dear. Yeah, the the audio is cutting out, John. Oh boy, it was a Steam sale. He mentioned it, and then his shit just crashed. <laughs> oh, okay, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, there you are. There you are. All right, my bad, my bad. So, I, I, I warned, I warned you guys. It's my igloo, man. My igloo is <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> so cold. Uh, no, but the Steam sale, dude. Like, I couldn't believe all, I picked up so many games on that. It's ridiculous. And uh, Jason, I was curious what games you picked up. If you picked up any, yeah. So you know what? I gotta tell you, I don't know if it was like two years ago. Or three years ago, maybe it was, but the Steam summer sales, like, I got hit with one really bad, and it was like two or three years ago, man. I just, I cleaned house, I couldn't believe it, and I was, I was left very satisfied. But it was, I think this, this year, I, I owned a lot of the games that were on the sale, for the most part. I mean, not every game, of course, but there wasn't a lot of games that... I really wanted. I mean, don't get me wrong. I did pick up some, um, like like Pac-Man Championship Edition. That one on sale. Picked that one up. Um, a couple of really small, you know, like games like Bus Driver, uh, Painkiller, um, uh, Race Injection. There's a whole bunch of uh, of the race series games that were on sale. Zombie Driver, uh, How to Survive. I picked up. But um, one that I was really excited about, um, that I got Stephanie actually gave it to me, was the Dreamcast collection. You guys have that one? That's the one with the bass fishing and Sonic Adventure yeah. crazy taxi, yeah. right? Yep, yep. Not, uh, not to take over uh, what, I, I you, what you bought. On, um, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. No, I got that the Humble, Humble Bundle had that like a couple weeks ago, and I picked all those up for like five bucks, four bucks. Oh yeah, okay. So that's that may have been where she got it. Then I think she already had a copy of it. Yeah, for sure. It's awesome. Oh my god, I love it. It's so good. 
Yeah, I was playing. Ta- I got that too, Jason. I was playing ta- uh, Crazy Taxi, but I'll tell you, without the, the offspring music, it's just not the same. You know, I got to be honest with you, though, John. I-, I mean, I agree with you, but I really don't think the music that's in there is that bad. Personally, it's not bad. It's not. It's not bad. No, but it's still it's a great not game. The same. It's funny they changed. They got rid of Pizza Hut. They changed it to like you know Pizza Store, or whatever Pizza Restaurant, and Taco Bell is no longer in there. Or whatever. Yeah, Tower, Tower Records. Records. Yeah, the Levi's yeah, Store. Yeah, yeah. So they got rid the of all the Levi's Store content, didn't they? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Still, still a great game. Yeah, yeah. Still great. I think the same bundle on Humble Bundle. I got uh, Sonic Generation. Yeah. as well and there was a couple other sonic games that came out for it too which is cool so yeah but i love that bass fishing i don't know man i'm like uh, addicted to bass fishing games right now i'm going through a who, fucking kick man who would have thought that it had been so i mean that bass fishing like this doesn't sound very fun but that's a good game yeah man like i give a shit about fishing but i love <laughs> the games it's so much fun oh my goodness it seems like such an odd choice too to put on the collection because it was there with some of the a-list dreamcast titles then you have bass fishing yeah and that was always a game where you're like what oh what a fucking filler title no dude play it it's awesome nights in the dreams i think was on there too wasn't it oh yeah 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 Yeah. so sorry john i kind of stole the thunder there what what else did you pick up did you get anything cool dude that was super rude of you dude i know Good, fuck you. Fuck me. <laughs> it's turning into uh, that kind of uh, Let me open up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. All right, let me open up. Dude, I picked up. Let me see what I got here. Because I picked up quite a few games. And and Ben, thank you for uh, Fallout Vegas. Dude, Ben hooked me up with a copy of Fallout Vegas. And I, I appreciate, oh, appreciate welcome, that, man. man. That was awesome of you. And I've been playing that. And I've never played any of the Fallout games before. I never played any of the Fallout games before. I'm not too far into it. Uh, but I'm enjoying it so far, man. So it's pretty cool. So thank you. That's oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, I, 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 so hold on. I, you know, they had a sale. No, no. Go fuck ahead. you again. Fuck you again. I got. <laughs> I, I, since you were thanking Ben, I got to thank him again myself while you pull up your Steam profile there. Ben hooked me up uh, with a, a, yeah. a coupon code for um, a Road Redemption, which is that kind of not necessarily a remake, but definitely influenced by Road Rash, kind of Road Rash remake. And wow, oh, wow. that's cool. Yeah, that game is excellent. Excellent. Uh, so thanks again for that, Ben. And lastly, you also uh, hooked me up with some of your uh, cards or if not, maybe all of your cards for the Steam sale, the uh, the little cards you get when you buy games. And mm-hmm. that made Stephanie very happy because she's like, She's like crazy with that. She's really addicted in that. So when you you buy games, you get cards, and then from there, you craft things, and you can get different like little emoticons or backgrounds, and it's it's just I don't know, it's stupid shit. But she loves it, and it's kind of fun to see it like craft and go through it, and even got me kind of looking at it too. But um, so you made her very happy with that. So thanks again for for sending over your uh, your trading cards there. We both thank oh, no. you. Oh, no worries. Yeah, one night I figured, because I didn't buy a lot. Sorry, Don, I'll let you get your team games in a moment here, but I don't. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I, I didn't buy a lot for myself on the Steam sale. I bought a couple things, which I'll go into in a moment, but I figured, you know, it's Christmas time. I'm just going to make it rain. So I ended up gifting a lot of stuff to people. So that's kind of where my Steam budget went for the most part. Super generous, man. We appreciate no that. Problem. Thank you very much. My so, pleasure. That's uh, awesome. All right, John. <laughs> one more thing. One more thing. No, <laughs> Um, are you guys done talking about what games like that? Can I finally go on to my fucking stuff? So, Telltale Games had a sale. I think a lot of their games were like, 
Are you done? Just want to make sure. No, uh, so Telltale Games had a bunch of sales on their on part of the Steam sale. Um, so I picked up a bunch of their titles. Uh, the Game of Thrones. I mentioned before, I think last time we talked, I picked it up for iOS, for my iPad. I got it on Steam. I, I played the game twice, completely through it. Uh, and, and every time I wanted to play it once, and just like the other games with Telltale, it's like you can play differently and it'll be different outcomes. So I kind of wanted to see how everything would progress differently. I, I love the game, but if you've never seen the show Game of Thrones, um, you may not enjoy it as much as I do or if you've seen it, because there really isn't much, at least in the first episode, there's not much action to it. You know, the, uh, it's more story driven, dialogue driven, but it's, it's fascinating. It's really cool. It has a lot of the same voice actors who are in the show. So, Ben, are you a fan of Game of Thrones? I am. OK, check this game out, man. I think you'll really like it. So uh, it basically... It's a side story, just like uh, Walking Dead, how it's kind of a side story of the show. This is a side story of the show as well, the Game of Thrones show. Um, so you're in the house of, I uh, forget the house you're part of, but uh, but in the story, there's other characters that show up from the show, and it's pretty crazy. And there's some crazy decisions you have to make. And what's cool is you control uh, three different characters throughout the story at least in the first episode i think you actually control up to five in the whole game later on but uh it, it's pretty cool and they all intertwine so really really fun game i also got that uh also by telltale i got the um was it the the borderlands game what's it called uh night tales tales from the borderlands i bought the same one actually yeah tales from the, have you played it no not yet like every steam game it just sits in okay. the pile <laughs> yeah 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 but i actually i completed that as well what i love about these these episodes they're like an hour and a half you know so you can just in one sitting just breeze right through it. That's what I love about it. Right. <laughs> you know, so it doesn't take too long to complete, but uh, about an hour and a half, but again, great, great story. Uh, it, your decisions change the whole outcome. Uh, I love the graphic style because it's got the cell shaded graphics and it really works. If you, you like, if you're a fan of Borderlands, I think you'd really enjoy this game. Um, it's just, it's really fun. I mean, I can't praise these games enough. I also, other games I picked up, I picked up, uh, well, of course that uh, fallout Vega, from from Ben, thank you for that again. Saints Row Four, um, I picked up like four bucks, three bucks. I heard it was pretty crazy. I haven't played it yet, but it's I heard a it's game. actually yeah, a pretty like good it. game. Like it's, it's yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, the Ghostbusters video game, like two bucks. I have it on PS3. I wanted to get it for my PC. I just I'm a fan of Ghostbusters, and this came out years ago. Uh, but <laughs> have you guys played this game, Ghostbusters, the video game? I can played it on, I, I can hear you. Hello, now, I'm yeah. speaking from. Okay. Okay. You're kind of fading Sorry. in and out there. Yeah, no, I have played Ghostbusters on the 360. I have not played it, not yet. Okay. Okay. It's it's basically the fourth Ghostbusters movie, essentially, is what it is. Oh, cool. Although they are making a new Ghostbusters film, they're making a fourth Ghostbusters film with all females. Did you hear about this? No. Fuck. No, I didn't hear about that. All right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that should be coming out uh, in theaters soon, uh, later this year, I think. But uh, also picked up uh, Bioshock Infinite. It's a good one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell if you guys can hear me or not. Cause, uh, it's anyway. like super laggy. Let me just drop the call and call you guys right back. Okay. Let's read okay. it. Okay. Okay. Gotta love hotel internet. Yeah, it sucks, you know. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Oh, it's all good. There you are. Fucking connection. Yeah, it's all good. I know. Bioshock Infinite was a. Bioshock Infinite was the last game I picked up. I haven't played it yet. Oh, very cool. So I'm hoping to. I, I didn't really, honestly, I didn't really enjoy the first Bioshock. So I didn't really care for the first one. So I hope I like this one. So I heard this is a lot better than the first one, though. 
Well, it depends. I mean, if you're if you want something different than kind of the murky underwater dystopian of uh, the first Bioshock, this is like a nice little change because it's up in the clouds. It's got a nice little uh, kind of turn of the century feeling to it. I really liked it. A lot of people thought it was an inferior uh, entry in the series. I, I actually thought it was excellent. OK, there's, right on. There's, there's only one version of that game that I, I play that I really like. It's the X rated one. It's the uh, Biocock Intimate. Oh, <laughs> hell! Hey, I went to my book. Uh, I took it right out of your book, man. I, just, I looked See at it. the preview on Amazon. There you go. Oh, I got I got Skyrim too, which I've had I have on 360, but I know it was super cheap. So the PC version actually I find is better. I played like about 150 hours of Skyrim in total, so the PC version I like better. Yeah, wasn't it like five bucks or something on Steam? I saw yeah. that's just incredible. Cheap, oh, like less, chips. less than five bucks. It was like. Three, Three bucks. It was, it was three or four bucks. Yeah, it was stupid. Oh Maybe five God. bucks. But yeah, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm, totally. Well, this kind of gets me into something I wanted to bring up. This is a, a new segment called. Yeah, hey, uh, speaking of ways. Oh dear, there's some super lag going on there. That sucks. Johnny, you we're there? trying. We're trying. We're trying, people. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Wow. Yeah. It was like maybe a five second, five second delay. It's all good. Hey, we're just trying to make it happen for you folks. We're sorry for everything. Um, so yeah, I wanted to bring up, this is a new segment called Ben is crazy and Ben buys a lot of games. I don't know. I haven't named it yet, but I wanted to bring up. (laughs) That's good enough for me, man. (laughs) This is a award ceremony where we award Ben with no real award, but we give him a vocal verbal award. Basically, my my, my head in the toilet would be much kinder. I think, I think so. (laughs) <laughs> but Ben, you have joined Steam. Now we talked about this recently. You've you've been on Steam for about a year or so, year and a half, roughly. You joined well, let me just get into it. I have the facts right here in front of me, folks. Ben, you joined Steam August twenty second, twenty thirteen. Correct. Uh you've been on Steam, which as of recording this, one year and five months. Mm-hmm. Okay. That that boils down to 508 days total, Ben. Mm-hmm. So, Ben, you own 410 games as of, re- <laughs> as of recording this. I feel like I'm on trial here. Yes. <laughs> Present the facts, Prosecutor Heine. This is the prosecute. Yeah, exactly. This is fuck that. No award ceremony. Now you're gonna. Now you're getting talked to. No, this is really cool. This is interesting news, you guys. Okay, so Ben, you own 410 games as of recording this. That will probably change tomorrow. Actually, I know it will, according to the facts. If my cart's full right now, just don't get don't get <laughs> I know it is. So I do the math, okay? So basically, with that, this means, Ben, that you buy 0.8, almost one game a day, 0.8 games a day. I plead guilty. Okay, this is crazy. Okay, now that's fucking crazy. Now I have been on Steam for like eight years. Like back in the day. Like, I don't know, it's weird. I've had a Steam even before it was Steam. And for some reason my account doesn't show that. It it counts me as like eight years. But anyway, I have three hundred and ninety seven games. And I've been on here forever. And I'm like, holy shit, Ben. But that's not including all of your DLC as well. All right, so you've got a whole shitload of DLC, too. So if we look at that, uh, if we look at the math, not including DLC, that boils down to, so it's 17, that'd be 17 months total you've been on Steam. That equates to 24 games a month that you buy. Mm Mm-hmm. Guilty. 
guilty and proud. Happy guilty, of course. I just found this yeah. very interesting. Now, if we include all of the DLC that you have as well, which you may or may not <laughs> want to calculate into the equation, which is why I did it both ways. But if you do include the DLC, which can be considered another game purchase, that boils down to the math is 1.2 games a day. Mm-hmm. And it equates to 36 games a month. And at the very bottom of my math sheet here, I wrote in big caps, baller. You are a fucking baller, my friend. Mm -hmm. Guilty as charged. That is amazing. However, I should point out here that I don't hold the crown. I'm I'm not worthy of this award because there is a friend of mine. I won't reveal his Steam ID on the podcast because I don't know if he want me to do it or not. But I'll, I'll give you an idea. This is someone who's actually crazier than I am, if you can believe that. Okay. He joined Steam as of November the 13th, 2013. He owns 582 games. Oh, wow. Okay. That's that's pretty good. Wow. So I'm not worthy of this honor, but um, I do appreciate the tribunal, though. (laughs) I think that if you keep up with this, you're going to (laughs) have the biggest collection on Steam ever. Yeah, this is like digital overcompensation right here. No, but but that just goes to show, though, that, you know, the deals are there and it's convenient and it's fun. And it's just nice to be able to get these games like six months or a year down the road for like five dollars. You know, it's just it's really, Mm -hmm. really cool to do that. Absolutely. And the way I look at it, I mean, this almost can be justifying depending on how you look at it. But there's a couple of things that kind of factor into play here. The Steam sales are definitely the biggest. I mean, we've all fallen prey to them. We all know how tough it is to resist the allure of them. Though, like yourself, I was finding this past Steam sale, I owned a lot of the games that were on the deep discounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I didn't buy nearly as much. I'll go into the games I bought in a moment. But also what's really helped kind of pad out my Steam library is the Humble Store. Right. Because the Humble Bundles, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them are really good, and they've been, really been stepping up their game lately. I mean, there was a one with, which had a bunch of Pinball FX2 tables, and I loved the Pinball FX2 games. That's a really good one. And then they had, like, even the Humble Store has some really good deals on it, which I think rivals Steam in many cases. So Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Star Wars one, they had one with Star Wars, like all the Star Wars games. Yeah, it, it was a huge bundle. And uh, I mean, the best part is it supports charity and you get Steam keys. So even though you're buying from a different site, yeah. you're not losing out on having it in your Steam library and getting the Steam achievements. And a lot of the games bundled together are ones that I would have bought separately. Like, for example, Risen 2, uh, Lord of the Rings, War of the North, uh, Grid 2 is another one. Um, Euro Truck Simulator, which don't ask me why. I just really want to try that game. Dude, out, you know, so. I heard that's really good, actually. I've heard people so, say it's really fun. So did I. Like, there's a simulator for everything now. And I know Farm Simulator is popular, uh, but I don't know. Euro Truck Simulator, I heard, is actually really good. So I'm looking forward to playing that. But yeah, like on this current Steam sale, I mean, I've really slowed down a little bit. And I guess I kind of made up for it by just buying gifting games to other people. But I mean, the ones that I got, uh, let's see here. Um, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, that was gifted to me. Nice. Um, Tales of the Borderlands, uh, John, I got that as well. I'm looking forward to playing it. Uh, Final Fantasy IV, um, they have a remastered version on Steam. I think I bought that game in pretty much every format it ever came out in. Mm-hmm. And I, I love it. I played that game so many times. Um, South Park, The Stick of Truth. Last Steam sale was like $45 on digital. This time it went down to 13 So it was a very easy purchase decision. And then I got gifted a couple of games. I got Dynamite Jack, Freedom Planet, and probably the best purchase. And I'll go into this when we talk about the games we've been playing, but uh, Divinity Original Sin. Huh. 
that one I'll talk more about because I think that's that's one people are going to want to hear. But yeah, this my Steam purchases this time around have been pretty light, and I think it's just more owing to the fact that I have most of the games that are on sale. You'll you'll find that after you've been on Steam for a while, they tend to repeat the same sales. Yeah, not they even do. just mm-hmm. not even just during the sale, but you have the daily deals. So you know, like for example, The Witcher Two that's been discounted so many times, and Skyrim it pops up on sale more often than it's at regular price nowadays. That's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You mentioned man, you mentioned earlier uh, Shadows of Mordor. I picked that up as well. I'm actually really liking it. I was curious, have you played it? I have. What do you think of it? Um, I think they re- they need to rename that game Orc Gangbang because every time I do a mission, every time I go somewhere, the orcs just gang up on me. But no, I mean, That's I true. think it's a it's a great game, and I didn't hold high expectations for it when I first heard about it because a lot of licensed games, especially Lord of the Rings, they've been kind of meh. Dis- disappointing, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, but this one's actually really good. They really brought out the goods. It plays, I mean, everyone kind of draws the comparison between Assassin's Creed and an Arkham Asylum slash Arkham City style of combat. And that's a very apt comparison. I think, you know, it has a lot of stealth mechanics and a lot of kind of environment traversal that you'd find in the Assassin's Creed. But then there's a lot of combo-based combat, which I think also worked quite well. Um, I haven't really gotten too far into it. I maybe about four, maybe five hours into it. It's a very, it, you can tell it's going to be a long game. Like it's just it's it's so fleshed out. There's so it's, many. Yeah, I'm about like yeah. seventy hours. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. And you, like, and, my and, and you, yeah, no problem. You, and you barely scratch the surface of it. But I mean, the game looks fantastic, and yeah. you know the characters are really well fleshed out, and it's just a really good kind of homage to the Lord of the Rings series. So I think anyone who's been looking for a good Lord of the Rings game, that's definitely the one you want to go for. And, and Jason, there's some elements of Far Cry in there too. Is like, there? You have, to, you have to unlock towers and uh, you know open up a map and roll then there's like uh like an rpg like elements where you have to like once you get level up you can unlock certain oh just like far cry so uh it's it's a fun game i'm not sure if you'd enjoy because you're not a big fan of of lord of the rings necessarily but it, the gameplay is good but like ben said they they fucking gang rape you every time it's ridiculous mm. it's it's obscene like and i, I stink at, at stealth on the best of occasions this game actually has a lot of stealth built into the built into the missions because you have to get through orc strongholds and there's they're way too numerous to fight so you'll find yourself surrounded on all sides and they'll just hack you to death i mean the good thing is the game is very generous yeah. with the checkpoints and dying it, what's really interesting with this game, though, is that every time you die, in most cases, you just go back to the previously saved checkpoint. In this game, the orc that you fought and the orc that killed you, if you if he kills you, he'll get promoted in rank. So he'll become more powerful. He'll have better weapons, better armor, and he'll remember you. So if you go back to fight him again, he'll be like, did not kill you before. Yeah, <laughs> complete with yeah. the accent and everything. Um, but it's it's a very well realized system, and it really kind of hammers home the fact that dying has consequence, and you're going to die quite a bit. I mean, combat is very much a trial and error kind of experience, but the orcs get really powerful. So you'll find throughout the game, you'll be fighting the same orc four or five times till you finally kill him. But the healing aspect of it's kind of interesting because you have to find these these plants while you're in the you know I don't know uh, reaper stage, whatever you know zone you're in. You know it, mm-hmm. it's. It's a good game. Yeah, the, the, the having to pick herbs is kind of a weird thing. It's like you're being game raked by orcs. You're trying to run away, and yet you stop to pick a flower. I mean. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but no, I think it, the game looks great. I have it on the Xbox One, and it plays remarkably well. I mean, yeah, it, it, I'm definitely glad I got it. I was going to hold off, but then they went on sale for Boxing Day, so I decided to pick it up. Very cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, you seen, have you seen the new Hobbit, Ben? No, I, ha- I haven't even seen the first one, actually. I got to I got to get on that because I've heard uh, I've heard this new one is really good. It's good. 
Yeah, so it's on my list. I'll, I'll get it on Blu-ray when it comes out. In fact, I'm probably going to get, you know, they're going to have a box set, then an extended box set. So it's a matter of time. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Jason, thank you so much for uh, revealing my steam shame to the world. Not that I wouldn't have done the same. Yeah, well, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah. So no, yeah. Steam sales. I mean, we all know it. We all know they're uh, they're they're a seductive mistress at the best of times. No, Steam is awesome. I I love it. It's such a great service. I'm so glad I jumped on board with it. I mean, I, I was definitely a console kind of purist before, but now that I have a PC. It's opened up a lot of avenues for gaming, especially for stuff I wouldn't have otherwise played, like Divinity. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. definitely uh, glad I swallowed the Kool Aid. Yum, yum. So yeah. So what's uh, what's next on the agenda? Well, I mean, I have, I have a little bit of gaming news that I, I heard about recently. I can talk about a few articles if you guys want. Let's hear it. Um, Go for it. A couple of things. So Microsoft, um, in a roundabout way, kind of confirmed that like new Banjo-Kazooie, Perfect Dark, all those older rare franchises will return eventually. Um, it's by a statement made by Ken Lobb, who is the Microsoft Studios creative director of a little history here. If you guys remember that name, it might sound familiar to a gun that was used in the the uh, GoldenEye game for N64. Do you guys remember that gun called the Club? That wasn't the Golden Gun, right? No, oh, yeah. you know, it's like it was a, a silver kind of fully automatic, almost uh, submachine gun in a way. But it was I called, I, yeah, yeah, it was called remember, the Club, yeah. and it was kind of named after him, which is really cool. He's one of the guys behind uh, that game. Anyway, he's uh, Microsoft's creative director now. But he says here, and I quote, that each of the franchises will return someday uh, when the time and circumstances are right. He then goes on to say, um, or let's see, uh, they've asked, will there ever be a Banjo, uh, Blast Corps, Battletoads, all those classic rare games? And he says, yeah, someday. And I think the reason you see things like this is because we all know that there's value Um, that he goes on to say that, you know, the games all have their value and that there's lots of interest in them. So, uh, I mean, that's pretty good news to hear. Uh, You know, he didn't like confirm anything specifically about any, you know, specific rare titles. But um, this was an article, an interview that GameSpot did with him. So. Um, I mean, that's good news. You know, I think that's kind of a gray area for all of all of us who grew up during those times and enjoyed all those rare, rare titles. We all kind of want to know because we've seen like, you know, Perfect Dark. What, what was it? Perfect Dark Zero that they came out with. And it was just it was kind of shit, you know, and, you know, we've seen yeah. Banjo-Kazooie kind of pop up here and there in kind of random places. So, you know, in the back of our minds, we all kind of want the original rare titles to come back. But. Um, uh, that's kind of promising. Isn't that the point why you know why Microsoft bought Rare in the first place to have all these licenses? Yeah, like just, yeah, that's what I thought. You know, I, that's what I thought. Dude, new RC Param would be fucking amazing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, shit yeah. Online yeah, multiplayer they, and stats oh, yeah. and yeah, they've they've been sitting on these for a long time. I mean, Perfect Dark Zero was I mean it was an early game for the Xbox 360, but I mean the last Banjo game I think was a correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the Nuts and Bolts one. It's kind of like a car building game or a vehicle building game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they've really done nothing with the franchises ever since. So I think it'd be great to see kind of new next gen versions of these games. That'd be awesome. Yeah, think about it. And John, you brought up RC Prime. That's I mean, that's one of my favorite games from them. Think about if they could. You know, there's so much interest in speed running today. Think if they converted that to like make it a speed runner 
You know, like where you just race a track and try to get the fastest lap and online leaderboards mm. and stats. Mm. And, you know, um, you can upload ghosts and replays to your friends. Oh, fuck. I mean, there's so much potential that could be there. That would be awesome. Online multiplayer. I mean, build your own tracks. Oh, yeah. Oh, it'd be amazing. It'd be yeah. amazing. So I saw that article and I thought, I got to I gotta bring that up. That's that's pretty cool. Dude, even Battletoads. Like, when was the last Battletoad game? Yeah, you know, we've had this kind of surge of really good brawlers, you know, within the last couple of years come through, beat em ups, you know? So, like, man, at Battletoads, we need it. I think the last one was on the Super Nintendo, if I'm not mistaken. So, And I think there was actually talk recently. I, I don't know where I read it, but it was kind of trending on Twitter that they are going to reboot or relaunch or do something with the franchise. So, Because the game has actually gotten really popular over the past couple of years, especially that you have all these people kind of doing Let's Plays on the Internet. Mm. So it's really kind of picked up an appeal. So, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see a new Battletoads. I'm kind of fearing it because I have childhood trauma associated with the original. Those games are so hard. It was so hard. It was unreasonably hard. Like, I know old school games are meant to be difficult. Battletoads (laughs) just took it to a whole new level. Yeah. Um, And then moving on here, we've got... uh, Do you guys remember a game called... uh, I I don't know. I haven't heard of it before, but it's called Rock Band. Did you ever hear about this game? (laughs) What, what What is this weird game you speak of? Did you know after 21 months of not having any DLC, they are releasing DLC tomorrow? Really? Can you believe it? Like wow. just just songs, like just a new playlist or something. So yeah. So what? No, they're releasing three songs at two dollars a piece. A song from Avenged Sevenfold, a song from Arctic Monkeys, and then a Foo Fighters track. Mm, wow. The latter, the latter two I wouldn't mind, but yeah, I don't know if I pay two dollars each. Two bucks a piece. So if you're into the rock band, if you're still playing it, there you yeah. go. I don't know about you guys, but my instruments died on me a while ago. Like they, they just stopped working. You know, I like the rock band blitz. I don't know if you guys have played it. It's a, it's a, you can download it. It's, it's very interesting. It's like the rock band for the PSP. Hmm. If you've played that before, uh, uh, it's a more of a button masher, but it's a lot of fun. And what's cool is if your music, you can, you can install your music. You already have the library and it will feed into this, this game. Mm. So you can use those, cool. those songs. So it's it's really cool and it's very very cheap. It's DLC. Uh, it's called Rock Band Blitz. There's that uh, game that uh, came out by same company who developed that a little while ago. And I'm drawing a blank on a Pete would know. Uh, it's, it plays very similar to that game. I I'm just killing me. I don't know who who designed Rock Band. Is it uh, Harmonics? I thought it was Harmonics. Harmonics. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what was the very first game they built before even Rock Band or any of that? Uh, came out it was a ps2 title it's killing me i don't know anyway don't come to me afterwards but uh, i know the listeners probably know what i'm talking about but uh, no definitely check out rock band blitz hmm. uh frequency was that the game it was called thank you jason you got Tiny? it yeah just looked frequency. it up for you thank you yeah, so that's pretty interesting. So, if, hey, if you're you know playing rock band, you got some couple of new songs there if you want. Um, just a few more points of interest here. I guess GameStop announced that they're planning to use Xbox One cloud server technology um, for streaming certain things onto the system or getting information from you. It's kind of vague. 
and people are kind of up in arms about this because they're not really sure how this is going to implement on their consoles and people aren't really liking the fact that GameStop's going to be you know using some of this service um i guess they're going to use um the the xbox one's cloud powered network to take what they call what they call retail innovation to the next level quote there uh enhance the in-store engagement of its customers in interactive informative and entertaining ways it says here specifically gamestop said it will use the cloud platform to stream video game and promo content directly to mobile devices GameStop Ooh. shoppers will be able to view content such as trailers, promo materials, games on their smartphones, tablets, and store. So it, it kind of just seems like they're using it to play advertisements or targeted uh, market ads. But uh, other people are saying they don't want that because they don't want, like, you know, when you go, <laughs> if I go to Google right now and I type in, you know, doubleheader dong. And then, you know, I go I go to eBay and search up, you know, how much Titanfall is. It's going to have advertisements on the left and right side of my screen showing doubleheader dongs. You know what I mean? So it's like sometimes you don't want your information to. I don't know. I mean, you can't get away from any of it anyway. But I'm just right. saying it's it's kind of interesting news that they're that they're doing. There it was an interesting article. So the purpose of it is to promote games then, but I mean, if it's just trailers and promo content, I mean, like if it's demos, I kind of get that, or if it allows, if it's kind of like a rental service where you can rent games, I can kind of see that being interesting, but I don't know, it just sounds like just another form of advertising, that's it. Yeah, like if, if you're playing, a like if it if it keeps track of like the games that you play or the games that you enjoy playing, and then maybe they play a targeted ad of a game that it thinks you might like, like I don't really see a problem with that, I mean it's, I mean it's, it's not bad. Yeah, it's right. kind of like Raptor. It's kind of like Raptor. They they kind of do the same thing. Like they keep track of what you play, and then they kind of have like an online community around it. But then they also provide recommendations. I think maybe they're going for something like that. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is everyone's saying it's kind of vague, and they don't really know what that means exactly. Like, what exactly are you using that for? But uh, yeah, hmm. very cool there. Hmm. And then last article here, of course, did you guys hear another stadium events went fucking gangbusters out there? Sold yeah, the, for like a hundred thousand dollars or something crazy shit. Really? I'd be, surprised, I'd be surprised if that was a serious bid. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't see the end result. We just see what the public sees, and that's the bids and the final value. But, dude, I don't know, man. If you got a hundred grand to spend on a stadium events, fuck, get in <laughs> contact with me. You know, that's shit. I got big wow. plans. We got big shit to do with that. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Come on. Like you have a Patreon, Jason. That'd be perfect. Dude, please. You know, hey, we got big things in store. Well, what's crazy about it is I thought like a few years ago, remember, we had that girl on that sold a stadium events and it sold for like 14,000, I think. And she found it at a garage sale. I remember that. That was crazy. Mm -hmm. And she bought it for 50 cents, she said. Yeah, the person who listed this one, they claim they worked for Nintendo, so they've had it actually in their possession since the early '90s, and it's been VGA graded, which means, of course, that jacks up the price a little bit. But I mean, it was at I think twenty eight thousand at one point, and that seemed a little bit more realistic. But then it just shot up to over a hundred thousand, and I'm thinking to myself, someone's trolling. Yeah, it's it's so hard to tell. I mean, I'm looking at an article here and there's there's quotes from the person who sold. He's like, oh, I didn't even I didn't realize I had it until 2011 when a story came out about this game and it sold on eBay for forty four thousand. I told my wife, I know that I have that game. I collect a lot of different items. So after looking through several boxes, I found it. It's like, you know, I mean, we, we see all this stuff and maybe it's legit, but 
I don't know, man. Hundred thousand, shit. It's a lot of money. It makes you wonder. It makes you wonder how many people are still out there who don't realize they own it still. Right. Because remember when we looked this up, people were saying, oh, there's only like maybe six that are factory sealed or, you know, in this Mm -hmm. world, like that's the equivalent of there only is. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. For me, it's like even like twenty thousand dollars. I mean, there's so much more I could do with that than buying a game I'd never opened. So I I get the collector mentality. But yeah, that that wouldn't be for someone like me unless I was filthy rich. But Mm -hmm. it's a bit bit of a ways off. Mm -hmm. If it's like the only game you're missing in your collection and you have deep pockets, then maybe. But yeah, if you yeah, no one. A lot of people don't have deep pockets. That's a lot of money for sure. Yeah, but over a hundred thousand. I mean, if if that did sell, then that guy is—he struck gold. Like yeah. if it actually sold at that price, and the person actually pays. But I mean, this happened before. I mean, like I know Nintendo World Championships, stadium events—they've gone on sale before, and a lot of the high bids have turned out to be fraudulent. So yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if we see this up there again, and the person's a little bit more, I guess, selective about who he allows to bid. Did Did you guys speaking of eBay? Did you guys see that uh, post I posted on Facebook uh, about a month ago? But this guy was trying to sell one of those those Mies, those Nintendo Mies. Uh, but he had like invisible, super rare, invisible me by Nintendo. Oh, yeah, the Amiibo. Yeah, <laughs> he took Amiibo. Yeah, right. You know, and, and he took a picture of just his table and he took different angles. And he said, here's a better angle. Here's a shot. And people were actually bidding on this thing. People are fucking idiots. I'm sorry. They're fucking idiots. It's like, so funny to- this is like the early 2000s when people would buy like, you know, a, gr- a half eaten grilled cheese sandwich with someone's face in it or, you know, the mystery envelope that had nothing in it. People like for every for every <laughs> stupid person selling something, there's a dumbass buying it. Yeah. Some of those Amiibos go for a crazy amount of money, huh? The Wii U yoga instructor, actually, I think is one of the most rare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy to collect that stuff right now. And like when they first came out, Stephanie and I, we went out and, you know, we just want to get the ones that we like and enjoy. And um, but it's I don't even want to jump into that that world. It's too crazy. You know, there's there's limited supply. People are going crazy with it online, selling scalpers are buying them and selling them. It's just it's a fucking crapshoot. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's really tough to see stuff that we all enjoy and want to be a part of. But, man, you know, a collector's market. I mean, collecting for like, let's just say Nintendo, which this is true. Collecting pretty much anything Nintendo right now is just fucking out of control. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I mean, especially since I'm part of the Star Wars collecting market as well. And I see how different that is than like the gaming collectors. Like the Star Wars collecting is not nearly to the same level as how diehard people are. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Did you see the um, the collector's edition of Majora's Mask on the 3DS? Oh, dude! Oh my God, that thing that thing sold out in record time, and no surprise, it's being flipped on eBay. Oh yeah, yeah. Stephanie wants one so bad, and she tried. She tried that day to get one, like right when it came out, sold out. She how much? So how much? Is it, how much is it going for now? I'm looking right now. She's yelling now. I hear poor thing. I feel bad for her because she was right there and so discouraged it's it sucks when what is it you know no one's got the like nintendo doesn't release as many or it's they're all on ebay yeah i know yeah like the the, the ones that are getting bids are around the 200 dollars range the buy now there's like 300 dollars um i mean more conservatively there's one that's up to 87 but that's got a day left you know people are going to snipe that at the last minute yeah. yeah and they're 50 bucks you know they're 50 bucks now 
Yeah, reseller. I don't know. I have a thing with resellers. I mean, I think games like this should be in the hands of collectors who are going to appreciate them. Mind you, I mean, we're all capitalists at the end of the day. So it's like, would I do the same if I had access to it? I don't know. It's a tough call. Yeah, I mean, there comes a point to where you have to sit down and like sleep with yourself at night, you know? And, (laughs) and, you know, but I mean, I know money's green, but sometimes it's like, you just want to help the community a bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, it was kind of like the Nino Kuni special edition. Like, that was going for Game Busters on eBay as well. It's just the problem with these collector's editions is just the, the demand far outweighs what's available, and it just becomes like a like a cutthroat market to get one. Yeah. That's why I don't even bother. Yeah. Like, I love, I love games, and I'd love to have a nice edition of it, but, I mean, I'm not going to bust my ass to get a copy. Like, there's no way. No. I don't have the means or the time. Crazy. Hey, good for them, though. Hey, this was a lot different from, like, what, a couple years ago when we were talking, and we were like, Nintendo, do something. They're releasing Amiibos, the Wii U, the Smash Brothers, this collector's edition, the 3DS, the 2DS. I mean, they're, I gotta say, man, a complete 180 from what how it used to be man they're they're just killing it out there right now well i don't get mad at the sellers i get more frustrated with the buyers yeah because it's the buyers who are throwing away all this money like it's nothing and it's them who are driving the market price true true well yeah i mean it's 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 basic economics a game is worth what someone's willing to pay for it so if there's people out there willing to pay for it it doesn't surprise me that this seller's market continues to be enabled Mm -hmm. i mean like i said i can't like you said i can't blame them i mean hey it's a money-making opportunity but it still sucks that they snap up they snap them all up and those of us who can't afford to spend two three hundred bucks on a special edition we're, we're, we're completely out of luck yeah Absolutely. Yeah. What, what Nintendo should do is what the poppy do is they're like with GameStop did with Zen, Xenoblade and uh, you know store a whole bunch of side and then re-release them later on and sell for a lot more money. <laughs> yeah, open you them know? all up and then sell them. Yeah, yeah, sell them used. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a couple boxes they dusted off in the warehouse. Oops, we forgot to ship these. Yeah, no kidding. Watch, it'll happen. But no, the Majora's Mask 3DS edition looks really good. Like, I'm not even a fan of the game, and I'd buy that. Totally. Yeah, it does look nice. Why is that limited? Why was it so hard to find? Why is it limited? It's got a statue in it. Um, uh, like it, look, okay. it looks nice. Like, it comes with a really nice limited edition statue. And the thing about Nintendo first party games, they always hold their value. So the collector's editions are always going to go like gangbusters. That's true. Um, That's true. For, for like a multi platform special edition, they're probably not going to get nearly as valuable. But Nintendo, I don't know, the fan base is rabid. Mm-hmm. And it's for some, I feel like it's really like growing big time right now. Mm-hmm. You know, more and more people are kind of being converted over to Nintendo for all these really yeah. cool things that are coming out. Well, it's yeah. about time they had their moment in the sun. I mean, for sure. A lot, a lot a of people, make, a lot of people who made fun of the 3DS, a lot of people make fun of the Wii U, but they're delivering the goods right now. They are. I know I've, I've been hard on Nintendo in the past, admittedly, and because I love Nintendo. I've said this before. I'm a big fan of Nintendo and I like to see them do well. And I'm happy that they're doing better now. But I, I mean, imagine if they released Earthbound, like a new one. I mean, just just awkward skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're probably planning it. I mean, all the big franchises are eventually going to see the light of day again. It's just going to be a number of years. I, give me a new F Zero, and I'll have a Wii U in my living room like that. Mm-hmm. No shit. Right? No, no doubt. Absolutely. And they've talked. I mean, they're talking this year. We're going to see a new Star Fox, and that right there is uh, almost enough to own the console. There. Bring it. You know, I'm tempted to pick up. I'm tempted to get that new NES remix. Have you seen that? Oh, dude, it's an excellent it looks, game. It looks awesome. Yeah, excellent have you game. Played, have you played, Jason? I've got it. Yeah, on Wii U. 
Oh, it's amazing. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's like it, it plays all the some of the classic games, Donkey Kong, Balloon Fight, Excite Bike, uh, Mario Brothers, and it, it breaks it down into like speedrunning. And you go through and you try to advance and go through the levels. And then once you beat all the levels, it then unlocks like an, an HD remake of the game that you get to play like part of it through. It's awesome. Oh, that's 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 cool. Awesome that's game. Cool. Yeah. Can you imagine, John, playing your your beloved Donkey Kong like in a different way, like HD, all cool? Like It's it's awesome. You would love it. Uh, right on. For sure. I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll check it out. That's a must-have on Wii U if you got a Wii U. I see it's on 3DS as well, but it's not in 3D. Hmm. So I pick it up in Wii U. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah, it looks pretty. Looks pretty sweet. But yeah, fuck F Zero. God, I'd be in line for that shit. Yeah, that, that that for me is the system seller. Like it's one of my favorite racers, and we haven't had one since the GameCube era. So I think it's about time they brought it back. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what's next? Yeah, what else we got? I don't know. Want to talk about some games? Let's. Let's do we it. Play games. We what play you, games. What, what do you got, Ben? Oh, I got a lot actually to go through, but I'll, I'll, I'll whittle it down to kind of the essentials. But um, I did play a lot of games over the holidays. The one that I'm loving the most, well, there's a couple, but the one I'm really enjoying is Wolfenstein The New Order. Have either of you played that? Oh, man, I almost picked it up on the sale. That was the, that was one in my cart, and I almost did. <sighs> If you're a shooter fan, it is the game to have. Fuck. I mean, it does so many things right. And I played the Wolfenstein reboot they had. It was, I think, about 2008, 2009. They kind of made like a first person shooter, just your standard FPS game with multiplayer in it. This one is not a multiplayer focused game. It's actually a harken back to the days when games focused on story and characters instead of just, you know, firefights and, you know, getting teabagged by other players. This game is fantastic. I mean, the gunplay is just sublime. Um, It's got a really good, very rich alternate history kind of storyline. And it's a very bleak, almost Fallout kind of setting. And, you're basically just going around killing the Nazis and it's some good corridor shooting. Uh, you're even on the moon at one point because the Nazis occupied the world and then they took, they took over the moon. Um, but really where it excels is just the fact that, you know, it's got a really good set piece battles, amazing guns, and there's this really cool dual wielding mechanic. So you can actually hold two very high powered shotguns and it's amazing what they can do to a Nazi's head. Oh, wow. Sounds awesome. Yeah, and there's a lot of exp- there's a lot of exploration in it too, and you have this laser cutter gun that allows you to cut holes into the scenery to get through it. You can only do it in predetermined places, but it's a nice little touch. And the characters are really good. I mean, I was kind of expecting your stock, you know, very kind of alpha males, uh, but it was actually some really good moments with the characters, some really interesting story arcs, and just I like the alternate history setting. I think because the whole story kind of centers around the B.J. Blazkowicz character, who he's in a coma after the war, and then he wakes up and finds that Nazis rule the earth, and he just that's his only. His only motivation to go out and kill people but he just does it so well <laughs> but yeah i mean control wise graphics wise it looks fantastic what are you the playing only, it on uh the xbox one okay cool yeah so if you're a first person shooter fan there is no excuse for not having this game it, in my opinion it's one of the best and for me it's my kind of game because it's not just one of those multiplayer focused shooters with you know a three-hour campaign because mm-hmm. I'm not a very, I'm not very good at competitive shooter games. I prefer like I prefer the story experience, kind of enjoyed in my own time. Um, and this game really kind of scratches that itch. It's a good maybe twelve to fifteen hour campaign, which is a rarity in shooters. Wow, yeah, that's pretty long. Yeah, so I do recommend it. It, it. There's no filler in it. Like it doesn't feel like they purposely stretched it out or they added in moments that don't really matter. There's some really nicely varied combat. There's even some mech combat in it too. 
Huh. Apparently, apparently the Nazis were really far ahead in their technology. So in the 60s, they had mechs. Who would have thought? <laughs> does it take yeah. place in the 60s? It does. So you're kind of you're in World War Two, which I guess is the tailor end of the 40s. And then you're in a coma for over a decade. Then you wake up. It's 1960. And then you find the Nazis have taken over the world. And the backdrop is kind of like 1984. If you've ever seen the movie, mm. like it's just very dystopian, very kind of very bleak, very, uh, very violent, just very raw. It's, it's not a good world to live in. And then you have this resistance that's trying to fight back against the Nazis, which your character obviously gets absorbed into. So it's got a really good story. Got got some good political elements to it, and I just think overall it's just a very well realized, very well fleshed out game. No oh, man, yeah, that sounds good. So I highly recommend, it, especially if you're Jason, you're a shooter fan, you will get a lot of enjoyment out of this. Yeah, I've, I'm kicking myself now. I had it in my car. I think it was like 13 bucks or something, and I was like, uh. And then yeah, uh, everyone yeah. says it's great. I made a dumb move. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be cheaper next time if it's any consolation. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. but but you'll you'll like it. Um, hmm. The only the only thing, and I have to go on a little bit of a rant here because I bought the Xbox One back in October. Every friggin' game, and I know it's the same with the PS4. Every game requires a mandatory install. The Wolfenstein install was fifty gigabytes from the disc. Whoa! Yeah, that's one yeah. thing I noticed about a lot of games. Or it takes too much space ridiculous well it does and i i installed 10 games on my hard drive and it was 85 percent full oh i know like they did not think ahead when they uh created these hard drives but for the wolfenstein install it was 50 gigabytes and i don't know what it is with this game in particular i haven't had the problem with any others it took 13 hours for it to install yeah what's the deal with that i mean why why can't it just read it off a disc Wow. Well, okay. I, I've heard different explanations for it. I think the general consensus is that for some reason, the drives are not powerful enough to process all that data at the same time. I'm sure there's some technical reason I don't get. But every game, regardless of it's digital or retail, you have to install the full thing on your hard drive for it to work properly. And it's mandatory. You can't get around it. Yeah. I think the, the way I, the way I see it, basically, the game installs on your hard drive and the disc kind of acts as the digital rights thing. So when you put in the disc, that confirms that you actually legitimately own this game. So it's almost like the disc is just an anti-piracy measure, if nothing else. Get real, though. Holy yeah. shit. The PS4 is not like that, is it? It is. From what I've heard, it is. You have to do is the same it? thing. Okay. They, they do it a little bit differently, though, because everyone's saying, oh, the installs on the PS4 are a lot faster. Like they get done in five minutes, whereas for the Xbox one, it takes over an hour. That's technically not true because they, they actually communicate it to you in different ways. With every game that's installing, you can start playing it after a certain point. So as the game's installing, you can actually be playing it, but you, you can only play some content. You might not be able to play the full thing until it finishes installing. With the PS4, it does like maybe the first five minutes, but then it continues to install in the background. So it takes the same amount of time, but obviously you're not, um, it doesn't look like it. So you're kind of under the illusion that you're getting it done faster. I know many people who bought Dragon Age that were playing and then it said content unavailable. Mm. Because it hadn't finished installing. But yeah, like I was saying, it filled up the hard drive to 85%. That's 10 games. So I had to buy, well, they actually had on sale for Boxing Day. I bought a four terabyte external hard drive. And it works works perfectly. Like I hooked it up, formatted within like 10 seconds. And now I have at least a good three and a half terabytes worth of storage. Yeah, see, that's what you got to do. Absolutely. Yeah, and I know on the PS4, they, they programmed, well, they designed it a little bit better. So you can actually just take out the hard drive and put in a laptop hard drive. So you can actually just do it right on the console. With the Xbox One, you have to get an external, but it does support it properly. So you don't have to hack it or go through any nefarious methods to kind of get it to work. As long as it's recognized, as long as it's USB 3.0 and it's over 250, six gigabytes you're fine see now some games 
for instance, like I'm just going to bring up the crew because this is exactly how that works. That game's like 18 gigs. Mm -hmm. All right. So but what it does is it starts it lets you play the game right off the bat. Yeah. It, it goes but then in the background it's downloading the game so it maybe took like five minutes to download you know the beginning section of the game and then mm-hmm. it kicks you into the game and lets you play now odds are you won't get far enough in that section to where you hit that that stopping point where well the rest of the game is now downloading so please wait the 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 model is that you'll play and take you know time to do it while the other stuff is downloading in the background and by the time you get there the rest will have been downloaded like that works. Yeah. But and that's, that's, been, that's been my, yeah, that's by and large that's been like my experience. Yeah. 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 And that's been my experience for the most part. I mean, most people won't experience issues even on the expo. And like, as, as long as it says ready to start, you're pretty much good. But mind you with Wolfenstein, I was able to play through maybe half the prologue until it said content unavailable. Please wait for the game to finish installing. Mm. So I'm just like, screw this. I'm not going to play the start, stop, start, stop thing. I'm just going to let the full thing go. And I had to leave the console going overnight. Um, but it's just, it's an annoyance and I, I mean yeah I bought an additional hard drive it solves the issue in fact the games install faster now on the external drive than they did on the native drive so wow. if anything I've kind of got a little bit of an upgrade but it's still just a pain in the ass I'm pretty sure with the next wave of consoles they're going to include much bigger hard drives I know one terabyte will be the standard at least it'll have to be oh yeah and even that won't be enough I mean the games we're at the beginning of the console life cycle they're only going to get bigger Oh, yeah, we're going to get to a point to where games are, you know, easily 100, 200 gigs easy. Yeah, yeah. so and, and it's an issue across all platforms. I mean, everyone like a lot of PS4 owners I know are saying they filled up their hard drives, so they had to buy a laptop one. So it's just kind of the price you pay when you adopt early. But yeah, that was kind of my rant about that. Like the Wolfenstein download took forever and that was from the disc. Yeah. Big I, I saw your post. I saw your post on Facebook about it and I was just like, it's ridiculous. It really is. So, yeah, but at least you got You got to, you know, at least hard drives are pretty cheap now, you know, for relatively. Yeah. Western did. I got a Western digital. It's called the my book line. And this one's four gigs and it costs, I think us it's like 130 for a four yeah. terabyte drive, which is pretty decent. And it's, it's a good drive. I mean, it comes very well rated. There was an article on Kotaku, which actually discussed the best external drives for the Xbox one. And that one was very highly recommended. So I felt very comfortable getting that. And it's an extra expense, but I think when you adopt early, you kind of have to, <laughs> You have to deal yeah. with that kind of thing. I didn't want to be deleting stuff and then having to download more stuff. Like that mm-hmm. just didn't make sense to me. So. That's why I miss I miss carts. You just plug it in and go. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ne- next generation, my ass. Eh? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but that, that's like a small rant. But I mean, I do have another one here, and this kind of centers around another game that I've been playing. And this one's definitely a controversial choice. It's Assassin's Creed Unity. Now, I made the choice to get the game because I'm a big Assassin's Creed fan, mm-hmm. and I read that I read that Ubisoft was going to be patching the game to fix most of the problems. And they confirmed on their website that it will fix most of the remaining problems. So I'm like, okay, that's good enough for me. Every one of these games, every time you play a sandbox game, it's always going to have some bugs or issues or some other oddities. So anyway, I, I download AC Unity. I got it off 99 Gamers, and I download the game. And then I didn't want to play it because they delayed the patch, so I figured I'll play it after they install the patch. Come the time when I have to install the patch, it's almost seven gigabytes. The patch? Just the patch. So I've already downloaded the game. That's about 40 oh, gigabytes. Man. The patch is seven gigabytes. See, they had to fix a lot of stuff. They had in there. a lot, lot of t- shit in there, yeah. A lot of texture issues, a lot of issues with pop-in, a lot of issues with crashes. And, I mean, frame rate drops is the most common issue you're going to hear with the game, but that's that's something that still exists. So anyway, I download the patch, and this is only on the Xbox One. I've only heard about it happening on this platform. Something in the patch was corrupted. 
So once it downloaded the patch, it corrupted the game file on my Xbox One and forced it to reinstall. So it had to oh. redownload. It had to redownload the game. So what was a seven gigabyte download turned into a forty-seven gigabyte download. Ooh. So if you have capped internet, like if you have like limited internet bandwidth, you are fucked. <laughs> if that's what you had to go through. Unfortunately, I'm okay because I have like three fifty gigabytes a month, so I'm actually okay. But that was a big piss off. I was like Ubisoft. Go fuck yourself. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's like adding problem upon problem upon problem. Like when I think back on Assassin's Creed Unity, I'm going to think all the shit I had to go through just to get the game to work. Yeah, it's such a shame. Yeah. You know, the sad thing, too, this is the biggest tragedy. It's actually a really good game. Is it? Are you like it? It is a really good game. I mean, one thing I'll say about it, the the setting of Revolutionary Paris is fantastic. Um, It really comes alive. The graphics are really good. The frame rate is probably the biggest Achilles heel of the game, even now. And I think it really is due to Ubisoft's insistence on having like hundreds of characters on the screen at the same time. Because it's the revolutionary, you know, you have people in the streets and you have civil uprisings. And I think the game just has way more characters and way more artifacts on the screen that is capable of processing. So it slows down and starts to chug a little bit, but it's a really good game. I mean, the character Arno, he's a really good leading man. Uh, It's got a really good story. They've improved the gameplay elements. I mean, not dramatically, but they've added things to it that make it a little bit less cumbersome. So there's a descending mechanic now. So instead of having to jump off a roof into the unknown, you can just kind of slide down just by holding a button. Um, There's been some elements that have been improved as well. The crafting is a lot more streamlined. You don't have to do that friggin' bomb crafting bullcrap that you had to do in previous games. And just the parkour has been a little bit improved as well. It's a little bit more polished. The game isn't perfect, and it certainly does have some other issues. The biggest annoyance for me is the fact that half of the chests in the game, because I don't know, have either of you played an Assassin's Creed game in recent years? I have, yeah. I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you're running around and there's chests all over the place with treasure and money and all that good stuff. Right. In this one, half the chests there, you have to have a mobile phone app to access. So you'll go there and it will say, download the companion app for access to this chest. And I'm like, Ooh. why the hell? Ooh. What? Yeah. What? Ouch. Yeah, I think Ubisoft, they're trying to be innovative here by including a mobile app where you can do what they call companion missions. I don't know exactly what they entail, but apparently you unlock perks and you unlock chests by completing little objectives on a mobile app, either on your tablet or your phone. But without doing that, you can't access some of the chests. So you'll, you'll see a chest or you'll hear that sound of money jingling and you'll think there's a chest there. Then it will say, go to Ubisoft.com to download the companion app. And I'm like, God damn it. Hmm. So so they purposely I don't think they purposely went out of the way to make it tough, but they tried to shoehorn all these elements into the game that just they don't need to be there. Hmm. So it really it hindered the experience for me a little bit. But I mean, overall, I am enjoying the game. And I think, you know, it's one of the better entries in the Assassin's Creed series. I haven't seen any of the disembodied faces with just eyes and teeth. So I was kind of disappointed by that. But damn. Yeah, those are freaky um, self nightmares. Yeah. But I'm sure the patch fixed that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they fixed that. I mean, the, the biggest issue I have now is just frame rate issues. It hasn't crashed on me. I haven't had like any game breaking bugs. Overall, it's been working fine. I mean, other people have said it still crashes. Some people say there's just some weird visual artifacts, which I'm seeing some of. I mean, in cutscenes, the hair textures look horrible. Hmm. Like especially like cause a lot of the characters have beards. A lot of the characters have long hair. It's you, you get Jaggy's galore. Hmm. But but that stuff I can look past. I mean, I'm not that big a graphics horror that I need to have everything look perfect. But, you know, the, where they really deliver in this game is with the scenery. And I think the revolutionary Paris setting is fantastic. So I think it's really sad that the legacy of this game is going to be that it's a broken, buggy mess. 
And Ubisoft has already announced the next Assassin's Creed game, so hopefully oh, they're going to learn from their mistakes. Come yeah, on, man. Of course. It's course. a yearly franchise. I think we, we've come to expect that, but apparently this one's going to take place in Victorian London, so you can expect maybe some Sherlock Holmes, maybe some Jack the Ripper elements in it, which I look forward to. But yeah, oh, that, that's interesting. I think it's it's a good move. And even in AC Unity, there are some points where you go through these rifts in time where you can go to like, you know, World War One era uh, Paris, uh, medieval Paris. So the game actually brings a lot of good ideas to the table. And I think now that they patched it sufficiently, most people will be able to play it without problem. But I hate the fact that that's how I have to justify it. You'll be able to play it without most problems. Like the game should fucking work day one. That's how I see it. Yeah, Dude, I don't very, think we can get. True. I don't think we can get games anymore. New games that are going to be like that anymore. Like, just come to that, you know, conclusion. Basically, there's pretty because much problems it, with all new games. You know, there's that that crutch where they know if there is issues, they can always patch it later. Yep. You know, that's the yeah. Deal. Well, the, the the fatal flaw in that is the fact that most reviews and most of the early impressions are going to be based around those bugs and people don't go back and re-review yeah. games. So, you know, if someone coming into it who doesn't really know the series, who doesn't really know the backdrop of it, they're just going to see all this report of bugs and issues. And a lot of people aren't going to try the game. Like, I'm pretty sure AC Unity, a lot of people who would have otherwise bought it are not going to be playing it. Yeah, that's true. For that reason, it's unfortunate because it's a it's one of the best entries in the series if you look at just the game on its own merits. But Ubisoft really has to make sure that doesn't happen again because as an AC as an Assassin's Creed fan, I feel jilted, and I'm usually very forgiving about these kind of things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my little Assassin's Creed rant. Uh, the last game I'll talk about, and this one actually it kind of goes part and parcel with uh, I don't want to say a resolution, but I have kind of a goal for the new year in terms of just well number one playing the games I own. So <laughs> to kind of talk about all the Steam games that I have actually getting around to playing some of them, but also to delve into games that I don't really get into very often. And the first one I'm trying is CRPGs. So, I mean, those are computer RPGs like the classic, you know, very difficult, very kind of old school style role playing games on computer. And I got Divinity Original Sin, which is the first one I'm giving a try to. Wasteland 2 is also in that same kind of subgenre. But have either of you heard of Divinity Original Sin? I have not. No, no I don't think I have. Uh-uh. Yeah, it, it's it was on a lot of the best of 2014 lists, and it's not a game I typically would have gone for because when it comes to RPGs, I'm used to games like Dragon Age and Skyrim and Final Fantasy. You know, games that are very streamlined. You know, you got your waypoint, you got your mission objectives, you know where you're going all the time. Divinity is very much a game like the classic Baldur's Gate, if you've ever played that. It's uh, kind of a top-down isometric view. It's got a very kind of complicated menu system and combat system, and the whole object of the game is just you know talk to people kind of explore the world and kind of inch your way towards success in your quests the game is so vague in what your objectives are though so i played about five hours of the game four and a half of those were kind of spent wandering around figuring out what the hell i have to do (laughs) no joke but but the thing is it's one of those games that forces you to read it forces you to because every time you get a clue or something it'll log it in your journal but it's not going to tell you specifically where you have to go like there's no waypoints on your map at least none that i've seen that tell you this is where you have to go to your objective it's not like fable where you kind of have that glowing breadcrumb trail like Hmm. you have to you have to really kind of read into what you have to do and the mission objectives are so vague that i just pretty much walk around talking to everyone just trying to figure out where i go and eventually you find your way because if you go into the wrong area and you're not ready for the combat you'll get killed really fast like the game is really difficult but it's got a really good story it's got amazingly well-written dialogue the characters have a lot of personality so i would have hated this in other games but i'm actually really enjoying it in this one like it's it's difficult, it's annoying, and it's frustrating, but I don't know, kind of like what people say about Dark Souls, you know? It's kind of a game where the w- rewards become evident the, the better you do. 
Well, good luck to you on that, man. That sounds crazy. I remember Baldur's Gate. I remember, uh, I never played it, but I remember watching some of it, thinking to myself, "Holy shit, this looks hard as hell," you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the combat again—it's all you know—it's it's turn-based combat, which is going to be familiar to a lot of people. But there's a lot of magic. There's a lot of crafting you can do. Um, and again, the, the game kind of keeps everything ambiguous, so you kind of will figure it out through through branching dialogue. So if you're familiar with Dragon Age, you can ask a question that will lead to more dialogue, and then you just kind of get to know the characters in the game. It's a really well-made game, and I think a lot of people have really kind of put it on a pedestal as being one of the best kind of CRPGs in recent years. And I mean, I'm only a few hours in, so I can't make that judgment, but I'm really liking it. It, which for me seemed odd because I didn't think I would. So I do, I do recommend delving into it. If you're a fan of those old school kind of RPGs, you'll feel right at home on this one. Very right on. Cool. Yeah. So that's more or less. I mean, there's a couple other things I've been playing, but nothing really noteworthy. Uh, what about you guys? I, uh, I talked about a lot of them like shadows of Mordor, but I picked up the halo collection on three Ooh. on the Xbox one. And right now I'm just kind of going through halo. One and it's been forever since I've played Halo One. So uh, graphics are sharp, and you know, got the nice HD graphics and all that. And it's a great collection. You get all four games for like sixty bucks. Plus, you get a beta for uh, five as well when that comes out. Isn't so cool. isn't isn't that open now? The Halo Five beta. You know, it might be. I don't know. I haven't looked. I'll check it out if that's the case. Mm. That's cool. I thought it was. I was under the impression it wasn't yet, but it very much could be. So I uh, also picked up. Um, oh, what are those? Did I pick up. Uh, oh, Kingdom Knights, the Kingdom Knights collection uh, remix two, whatever that came out for the PS3 recently. It's got the Kingdom Kingdom Hearts two and Kingdom Hearts rechained. Oh, okay. As well. You got the you uh, got the big collector's edition. Yeah. Well, no, I just got the discs. I didn't oh, okay. think collector's edition. But, I didn't know uh, there was a bundle. That's cool. Yeah, it's like two two games in one, whatever, three games in one. It's got another game, too. Uh, but I, I played Kingdom Hearts 2 a long time ago, beat it, and loved it. So I'm going through it again, but it's got the new HD graphics and stuff, same kind of thing. And it's a great game. I love the Kingdom Hearts series. Big fan of it. So, mm-hmm. um, But that, that's mainly been it. Uh, and, of course, been playing Yeah, the, the other games I mentioned as well. How about you, Jason? Um, I just wanted to give a, a quick shout-out to something. I, I played an alpha of a game. Uh, actually today um, it's it's a game called drift stage and it's in kickstarter form right now um, it was on steam you can look it up on steam I, i'm doing a kickstarter shout out for these guys it's it's on kickstarter it's called drift stage um, it's basically a throwback to the early uh, arcade days uh, the color palette is very like 80s looking with oranges and browns and and uh, greens and blues and purples um, you just got to look it up to see what i'm talking about but this is it looks really really good it's like a like an 80s 90s arcade racer type um and boy it just looks fantastic and so it was on steam Greenlight. it was greenlit in like two hours from when they launched it oh wow it's been getting huge praise uh their kickstarter is just about there they've got like another 30 days to go um but yeah it looks really really good so i played the alpha Everyone can play the alpha. They have it on their website to check out, which is really cool. Uh, but fantastic game. Played that today. Uh, I'm going to back that on Kickstarter for sure, which is really cool. Um, and then from there, I've been kind of playing. I've been going backwards a bit because this year um, I've been going back and trying to play games with people that 
that are you know from the past that I really enjoyed a bunch. Um, like I jump back into Dead Island again. I do that from time to time with with new people. So we've been doing that. Um, the original Dead Island there, which is a ton of fun. I already mentioned the Dreamcast collection, playing some of that Crazy Taxi. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot, even though Crazy Taxi is like a quick arcade game, there's a lot of, um, like, you really have to master the controls because you can boost jump, you can uh, boost drift. Uh, there's a whole theory about how you start and stop and pick people up. And when you master that, the game really becomes fun and opens up. Like, you don't just hit the gas and then hit your brake to stop and pick someone up and go. Like, there's there's a method to this between the brake, the reverse and drive gear shift, and the gas. It's <laughs> It sounds crazy, but it is a ton of fun. So, um, love going Let's go make there. some great... Let's go make some Easy crazy money. money. Hell yeah. A class D license. You can do better than that. <laughs> A class yeah, exactly. D license. <laughs> so, yeah. So the Sega uh, Dreamcast collection there, I already, I already mentioned the bass fishing. Loving that. Um, believe it or not, I was out and at a Goodwill, I found a Sony PlayStation 1 fishing reel out in the wild. And I found that, and I have a couple of bass fishing games for the PS1 that I'm interested to try. I haven't yet, but um, very cool. I love that fishing rod, dude. I got that one on Dreamcast, and it, man, it's it's the bomb. I'm like I'm like gushing over the the bass fishing. It's so much fun. <laughs> um, Get from, some bass. Yeah, you know, I, I play more of it, but I'm afraid that I might drop the bass, the bass. The <laughs> <laughs> no jason jason to complete the look you need to like have a lawn chair in your living room and like a cooler full of beer next to you yeah dude i'm gonna stream this shit i'm gonna be wearing a life vest and just to be standing there like <laughs> totally og the, the time-honored art of fishing exactly. <laughs> um not too much from there i mean i've been playing a ton of crew of course so that's that's really been most of my time consuming there uh playing in pvp races leveling up cars um going in free drive road trips all that sort of thing if, if you're on my steam list you'll know that's what i've been playing mostly i love it i'm addicted to it it's a it's a great game uh it's fu- it has so many problems it's fucked you know it has so many issues and glitches and frame rate dumps so you know when you were talking about assassin's creed ben i'm thinking oh my god everything you're talking about is the same stuff I've experienced in the crew. It's just, there's so many issues with that and it drives me nuts and my game crashes constantly, but it doesn't deter from the overall experience that I have playing it. And I, the core game is, is really, really good. And again, I encourage everyone, if you haven't yet, please do check out the crew. I think it's uh, fantastic. Uh, aside from all of its problems. Well, you speak from authority. You have 237 hours on steam. Yes. Playing. Wow. Yeah. Yes, sir. I come home like every night after a long day and I just fire it up and play and we all get together. It's 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 a ton of fun, man. A ton of fun. Yeah, it's it's, it's unfortunate cool. that Ubisoft kind of dropped the ball with this one, too. I mean, because these games have such good potential and the crew was really on my radar as well. And it's not to say I'll never try it, but yeah, just with the frame rate dumps and the crashes, it's just I don't know if I had the patience for that. Yeah, well, if you play it on a console, you probably won't see the crashes and stuff like that. It's only on mm-hmm. PC, unfortunately, um, that I've that I've read about and heard about. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, Ben, pick it up when it goes on sale, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it's something you're not super into, I really wanted to play uh, Forza 
but I don't have an Xbox one and I hear people raving about that. Um, I just released a video of like my most enjoyed games of 2014 on my YouTube page. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, cause my number one, well, I won't spoil it, but you can pretty much know what my number one game is. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, no Forza is way better. And I'm like, fuck man. It'd probably be on my list if I had an Xbox one. Like that is a game I just did not play. I did not, I don't have the console. So, and well, I know you do though, sir. Yeah. Well, it's interesting when you talked about the weather effects, cause I saw your video and you talked about a patch that included uh, some really good weather effects that's the first thing that caught my eye with forza horizon 2 like especially the rain effects and the way the kind of reflection is off the pavement and off the cars it's the fine details that you really notice mm-hmm. yeah that was on drive club for sure oh the drive club sorry yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But that game yep. yeah that looks beautiful mm-hmm. too isn't drive club another one that they kind of botched as well oh completely it had yeah. one of the worst launches this year See how sad is it? We're, we're looking back. We're looking back at 2014 and thinking, "What games did really? they mess up?" It's it's sad. I know. And we're yeah. like this whole episode, we've been talking about all the problems these games have had, and I I feel bad about it. But then in the end, look at it. It's just such a fucking shame. You know, we're gamers here, and we want to play games, but god damn it, nothing works right. It makes on the me other so hand, mad. On the other hand, we spend money on them, so <laughs> there's obviously something to redeem it. And you know, I've been very negative about some of the games, but at the end of the day, if they were that bad, it's true. I would be I would be talking shit about them everywhere, but they're they're really good. I think it's just we it's hard to look past their flaws. Like in the last generation, if a game was a little bit buggy or a little bit glitchy, we can kind of forgive it. But we've come so far since then that it's kind of hard for me, especially with the issues they've had with like Unity and the crew and stuff like that. It's hard to just dismiss them. And I hope that, you know, gamers don't become complacent to the point that we kind of accept the fact that, you know, when you're buying the game, you're buying, you know, it's, it's like buying a half baked cake. You just have to wait for them to patch it. Right. Like I sit here and I think about it. Well, it's some, I'm sorry, John. Go for it. No, I was just going to say, like with movies. I mean, okay, face games budgets are almost like movie budgets now. It's gotten to the point where they put millions of dollars into these games. Mm-hmm. With movies, we don't have an attitude. With movies, like oh, it's a half-assed movie. They they fucked up in the scene. Uh, they're going to refilm it and put it out later. Like if that happened, people would be all over it. You know, uh, unless games, unless you're unless you're George Lucas, that is. This is true. Then you're George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. But <laughs> good point. <laughs> good point. But. You, you know, with games, like you said, I, I feel like some gamers are getting more used to like, oh, well, I'm kind of expecting a patch and updates and stuff. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've updated my, my, my Xbox One since I've owned it. You know, it's just it's crazy. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, the analogy I, I used. Yeah, analogy, still, yeah. You know, the analogy right. I used is that if you order your steak well done and it comes to you raw, you know, you send it back. Yeah, no, exactly right. Exactly mm-hmm. right. You yeah. know, we don't want to be. Yeah. Com- but I feel like we're stuck. I feel like we're stuck with complacency. Like we're just, you know, I don't know. It's I love games. That's why I'm so frustrated. And I love modern games, but it's frustrating to see this. You know? Yeah. Like I said, you know, I ordered the steak well done, and it came raw. And I, by the way, I don't advocate ordering your steak well done. That's just an example. <laughs> Sometimes I'll sit there and I'll say to myself, like I'll be playing a game, and I find myself nitpicking the shit out of it, and and talking about all these bugs and problems and issues and crashes and this this that and that, that. And I say to myself, whoa 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 whoa, am I just being like an overly picky gamer or what? And then I realize, no, it's because I paid good money for this game and I love this game, and I do not want to accept the fact that they released a half-ass product to me and the world and i don't want everyone to just like you said john like oh i guess there'll be a patch so i'll accept that it's like the music industry that's why you turn on fm and it sounds like shit it's because everyone has accepted the fact that we can get away with simplistic stupid one note two word songs and simplicity sells and it's it's just it's garbage there's no substance there's no content it's like it's the same thing it's like 
we as a whole need to stand up somehow and not how do we do that when we want to play the game so we buy the games on their word that it will work and they don't you know it's so it's so fucking difficult you know it's a catch 22 and i think one of the best indicators at least based on what i've seen this year is that if the reviews are not out when the game launches something's up yeah, yeah, it's like straight to DVD shit. Yeah, like the the review embargo. A lot of the time, like I know with the crew, I think the review embargo was noon the day of release. The same with the Assassin's Creed games, at least with Assassin's Creed Rogue. It might have been the same with Unity, but yeah, like that's kind of a warning sign that they don't want the pre-release, um, I guess, negativity to hurt sales. It's tough, and that's Sorry. why we get passionate. It's just because we love it so much, and yeah, we, right. we want it right. We really do. We really do. Yeah, we're not we're not being nitpicky. I mean, we'd accept the faults on an Atari game, so you know we're yeah. not uh, we're not unreasonable about this. But I think you know it's an expectation of the next gen that you know we're paying <laughs> for next gen. We're we're expecting next gen. Yeah, I played the shit out of, of the original Pac Man on Atari twenty six hundred. That game is garbage. I played the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for the for those who just heard us bitching and complaining for the last twenty minutes, we're not that bitter. It's just we need we we just want what we pay for. That's all. Yep. Not an unreasonable request. So, anything else uh, game wise that you've been playing? <laughs> Get it back on track here. <laughs> anything else? No, fuck games. <laughs> fuck games. That's it. I'm got nothing for me. Nothing for me. Yeah, nothing for me. I've already talked about. Yeah, we pretty much talked about them there. Yeah. So, anything? Anything you're looking forward to in the coming months, gaming wise? Um, I'm looking forward to Dying Light mm. from Techland. That looks pretty amazing. Yeah, because I mean, I love. Uh, I talked about Dead Island earlier. I love it, but I've been on the radar for that. That's that's coming out soon. Um, really excited for that. I guess there's a day night day and night cycle. It's going to be co op, you know, where you can run around and um, fight hordes of zombies in different ways, and has a lot of really cool um, parkour in there too, which is neat. Which Dead Island never has had. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be great. That's probably my That's cool. one of my my number ones that I'm looking forward to the most coming yeah, up. I'm, def- I'm definitely getting that. There's no release date announced for it yet, but it should be sometime around mid-year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's a new um, The Witcher Three is coming out in May. That's going to be awesome. And I know also Battlefield. I think this coming out in March, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Hardline's coming out, which will yeah. be cool. I'll pick that up too. No, everyone's kind of you know on the fence with that, and I don't blame them. You know, it's a it's a franchise that has changed a bit you know through the years but i still support it and i'll go with it i like that franchise mm-hmm. i'm excited for batman arkham knight i like the series i just i'm excited for that one um arkham arkham origins was good uh but it was probably my least favorite of the ones that came out yeah so i'm excited for the new one yeah, a lot of people said that about arkham origins i haven't played it yet <laughs> it's okay but yeah it wasn't as good as the first three so for sure Mm. cool cool yeah that's pretty much it for me like dying light's gonna be my main one and also there's a new crackdown coming out at some point and i I love that series it's not the best certainly not the polished but i enjoy it i never played that one you can get it really cheap now on the xbox 360 and it's it's a good series just you know running around collecting things you know shooting enemies it's a very it's what i call a popcorn game you know it's not you're not gonna get a deep experience out of it but it's fun as hell Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the rest of the year is just going to be catching up on all the games that I have. I got a lot of work ahead of me. So, 
I'm trying to think of what else really is coming out that's standing out. I can't really think of much. Well, Uncharted 4 is going to be out at some point this year. Uncharted, yeah, Uncharted 4. Mm-hmm. And that, lo- that looks really good. It was actually on the cover of Game Informer this month, so there's a lot of pre- the pre-release hype starting to yeah. kick in. So I'll have to buy a PS4 when that comes out. I knew there's the Mortal Kombat supposed to come out. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mortal Kombat 10? Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Is it X? How you, is it 10 or X, or what is it? What are people calling it? I Well, because the last one was 9, right? Yeah. So I'm going right. to assume so it's, 10. It's, but, but it's got the X, so it's right, Roman numeral X. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited for that because it's supposed to have every character, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, that'll be cool. And then, of course, a couple of Wii U titles, you know, um, hopefully we get Star Fox sometime this year. That would be nice. Um, And isn't Splatoon coming out sometime soon? Splatoon? Yeah. Is that already out? I don't know. See that on Wii U? Looks really good. Yeah, not sure. Okay. Yeah, the first couple of months of the year is always a bit of a dry spell. So I think after E3 and after more games are announced, then we'll start getting some more hype. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Definitely. Yeah, sp- speaking of which, John, I was I was right about the Halo 5 multiplayer beta. It's on until January the 18th. OK. Yeah. So if you want to partake, you have a couple. Oh, days. came out January 18th. Coming up. No, it came, December 29th. It oh, started right. and okay, then right it goes on. till it goes till January 18th. Oh, OK. OK, right on. There you go. So I guess uh, shall we wrap it up know. or anything else? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a good show, guys. Yeah, we wanted to it's do good. something. We're all not here, but we wanted to at least do something. Sorry, it's a little late. It's my fault for the couple <laughs> day delay there. Yeah, as long good as it's done in the end, that's all we care about. <laughs> yeah, good catching <laughs> up with you guys. Missed you guys. Yeah, I missed you too, John. I'll be over tonight and later. <laughs> I missed you that much. <laughs> He'll need someone to cuddle with to keep him warm. So yeah, turn your heater on. I'm sorry, I feel keep bad. Warm, yeah. When he when he when we first started, it was like I heard like a wind tunnel. I'm like, oh man, your fan's really really loud. And then he went over and he shut it off. And he's like, you know, I'm over wherever you are. He's like, you know, it's negative three degrees, but that was my heater, no big deal. And I felt really bad. Like, you know, I'll just turn it back on. <laughs> you can get warmth now. You don't have to burn anything for heat. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's it. There we go. Right well, no, it's been, it's been great catching up with you guys. It feels like it's been forever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, All right, guys. Well, have, have a good night, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Yep. Talk catch you guys in a couple soon. Take weeks. care. All right. Cheers. Bye now. See ya. Cheers. Bye.